Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hi, I'm Sue Rose Minahan. Today is October 27th, 2018, and on Talk Cosmos, we're beginning a new archetype of Scorpio. The archetype in our talks involves the sign Scorpio, which in this case also alludes to the scorpion, the eagle, the phoenix, sometimes the snake. It's a regenerative archetype. And it's in the eighth house. The astrology chart has 12 houses. And Scorpio is above the horizon. And for that lingo, it means that it's where the self has been developed. And the self is joining various developmental phases involving people, groups. And in this case, in the eighth house, it's that extra layer of relationships where it's intensified. Intensity is actually a a description of Scorpio. It's where if there's a partnership, there's marriage. If there's a relationship that has business, you've got your shingle on the door. You're, You're involved. And in that archetype, it is also Pluto, the modern ruler, and in traditional terms, Mars. I'm an evolutionary astrologer. I take both in hand, and certainly astrologers are welcomed and free to pursue their, their, their definitions of some oh, elements of astrology. But I do include Pluto most definitely. It's a dwarf planet in today's world, but a dwarf planet by no means indicates that it has less power. It just means that perhaps it's shifted a bit. And that really spells out a lot about Pluto because and Scorpio because essentially Scorpio is that energy where we are wanting life and we release what no longer provides that life in a transformation. In a nutshell, our values get radically redefined in what is needed in today's world through a lot of energetic factors that will perhaps come up and have come up. So that that death of the old self and a rebirth of a new state of being. So I am very pleased to introduce today's... Oh, before I do, our title tonight is Power, Powerlessness, Growth, passion, rebirth, a lot of energy that gets transformed in this very dynamic, potent, intense sign of Scorpio. Dan Kussel is a master, has a master of science, is a licensed marriage and family therapist here in Washington State, which I believe includes a higher degree. He's wonderful education. Dan helps people find their purpose, heals their pain, lives with passion, to live with passion, I might say. 
He's been a Jungian, that's the wonderful psychologist Carl Jung, Jungian is the term, psychotherapist for 26 years and a professional astrologer for 21 years. He holds a degree in theology from the University of Notre Dame and has done shamanic training with Michael Harner's Foundation for Shamanic Studies. After studying with local astrologers Sheila Belanger and Laura Nalbandian, Dan has completed a five-year astrological apprenticeship with Stephen Forrest. Also, all three wonderful, structurally dynamic astrologers in the world of astrology. Dan, on the lighter side, enjoys baseball, books, movies, an acoustic guitar, and coffee. Hi, Dan. (laughs) Hi, Sue. Thanks, Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. I'm Looking forward to our conversation and if we get the chance to engage some of your listeners. Indeed, which reminds me, I think we'll mention it right immediately. We will be taking calls, and that number is 425-373-5527. Usually at the half hour, if somebody gets really involved, call ahead. You might be on a bit of a waiting list, but we'll be glad. In the meantime, Dan and I are going to pursue our conversation about Scorpio because Dan has a lot of experience. And one of the factors I know very fundamental to Scorpio is realizing limitations. That's where a person derives this impetus to have change. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I, there's a couple of different ways, lots of ways that I like to enter into conversations about Scorpio. And when I talk about it with my clients, let me use um, a, a quote from a famous person and then a bumper sticker. We'll do the, the academic one and then the, uh, the accessible one. Carl Jung, who you mentioned. I'm a Jungian psychotherapist. Carl Jung many years ago wrote, One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. Ooh. Making the darkness conscious, that's as good a, a summary of what the Scorpio process is about. And what do we mean by that? Making the darkness conscious. We're talking about um, turning toward our our fears, our wounds, our repressions, our ambition, our power tripping, our, our power, uh, to turning toward the, the shadow side of all of those and being willing to look at them honestly and engage them um, to ferret out our wounds and to do the work to heal them come to terms with our shadow. Um, and in doing that, we free up a lot of energy because we'll ta- talk about this in a bit, but it takes a tremendous amount of energy to repress a wound or to deal with the drama of not dealing with the wound. Um, and it also takes a lot of energy to heal the wound. But once you heal it, then that energy is freed up for the higher purpose. You know, one of the, the, um, the phrases we were talking about that I think someone at the station came up with around the Scorpio is lose your pain and gain your passion. And the, the two are directly related, I think. The more that we can come to terms with our pain, the more we can get conscious about that, the more that we can make the darkness conscious, then the less that, uh, that pain shows up in unconscious ways and plays out in our lives as drama or fate. So I mentioned I had two quotes. Mm-hmm. There was the one from Jung. We can say more about that. The other one's one of my favorite bumper stickers of all time. I saw this years ago, and it said, The fates lead those who will. Those who won't, they drag. 
<laughs> so, you know, the faiths lead those who will, I think, means if we're conscious, if we're trying to do our work, if we're trying to continually, continually do that process of taking that which is unconscious and trying to bring it up into consciousness and transform it, then we'll get led. We'll feel like we're an active participant in our life. A lot of the time when those wounds stay unconscious, we feel like we're getting dragged around and there's a lot of drama in our life. Good point. And it makes me really remember that Scorpio is a water sign, so it's emotional. Because I'm thinking to myself, okay, we have pain. So the different ways that one might access that choice to make a change. Now, there's a mental, but when we're talking about Scorpio and Pluto, it's more on an emotional basis. And, and a very deep emotional basis. You know, when we're talking about Scorpio, we're talking about taking a deep dive. We're talking about the, the analogy of the Persephone myth of making the descent into the underworld. And, you know, there, there are parallels for that in all kinds of tradition. There's the, the Greek mythological tradition. Uh, there's a prayer in uh, Roman Catholicism where it says Jesus, uh, rose, uh, Jesus uh, descended into hell and on the third day he rose again. And it, it, even that tradition has the sense of we have to go down before we can come up. So to make the descent, descent into the unconscious, descent in, into hellish um, topics, things we'd rather not look at, um, you know, um, Steve Forrest, who I study with, I'm pretty sure that I credit Steve with this. I've studied with, as you mentioned yes. in your intro, a lot of good people. I think it was Steve who said, um, with Scorpio, which is the, the eighth sign, the eighth house, that parallel symbol in astrology, Scorpio and the eighth house, they're about all the things in life that make us make animal noises. Mm. So sexuality, death, you know, unconsciousness, trauma, all the things that are psychologically and spiritually scary or uncomfortable or taboo, that Scorpio territory. And we can give some examples as we get a little deeper into the conversation here. Um, so we're talking about uh, the fact that when our ancestors named this sign after a scorpion, you mentioned that, when they named this after a scorpion, they were not trying to comfort us. I, I often mm -hmm. say to my clients when they've got Scorpio in their chart, I say, okay, let's imagine you're out camping and you've put your sleeping bag in your tent, you've closed the tent up, and you go out for a hike, and then you come back to the tent, and you see that you've left the, the zipper like three inches open so critters could get in. And you're looking at your, at your sleeping bag there inside the tent and thinking, what may have crawled into my sleeping bag? If there's a Scorpio down on the toes and you get in there and don't know it, you wake up dead. That's my funny line that you do. Because if a scorpion stings you, if you're not conscious about it, it'll kill you. It's So Scorpio is meant to evoke in us a, a respect and an engagement and a process with all those things that are scary and difficult and psychologically frightening because um, they're the fates lead those who will those who won't they drag they're going to have their way with us the only question is are we an active participant in that or are we just staying unconscious well, and scared and getting dragged around i think the idea this is about the light because when we shine something with light, when we, when we find in the darkness, the consciousness, the fears of not knowing is, is, is worse. And so I'm, I'm relating also with about Persephone and the underground, the roots, because the, the opposite of the polarity point, of course, is Taurus. Mm -hmm. And for those of you, there's always, there's a 12 signs, but there's actually six axes, one might say, and Taurus and Scorpio are in the polarity opposites, but there, the roots for life, which 
essentially is life survival by itself, whereas the Scorpion is working to exchange their resources. But the other begins life in the dark. They get their little roots there, and then they emerge. So this whole idea of, of the need of our, of our remembrance as we're speaking is so important to go down there to, to shine the light. Yeah. You know, that, Sue, that analogy of, of what does the light have to do with this? Here's another. I, I, I teach a lot when I do astrology readings for clients. I try to get as much as I can out of the astro jargon and use images and stories that make it come alive because mm-hmm. m- many of my clients don't know any astrology. They're just sincere seekers who want to use this modality to, to enrich their lives and to grow and to heal. So one of the um, one of the metaphors or analogies I'll say is, okay, let's imagine you live in a home and someplace on the first floor of this home, there's a door. And if you open the door, there's stairs that go down to the basement. And for years, you've been taking stuff down into the basement that you don't want to deal with. You, you started to take the guitar and then you felt shameful about how hard it was and you couldn't get it right on the first try. So you put your guitar and all your music books in a box and that goes down in the basement. Or you know, there's all the letters from the, the girlfriend or boyfriend that you broke up with and they broke your heart and you don't want to throw it away, but you put it in a box and you put that down in the basement. Or, boy, God forbid, God is forbid, maybe there's that yearbook from high school from the, the coach who sexually abused you. And you put the yearbook down there and you just want to forget it. And all that stuff is down there in the basement. And it's still having its effect on you. You hear a, a guitar song on the radio and you think of your guitar lessons or... Um, uh, you know, any of the things that we put down there in the basement, something comes up that reminds you of an X and, oh, there's those letters down there. The Scorpio process is that place where we we open the door, we look at those stairs descending down into the dark of the basement, and we flip on the light switch. That, there's that picture of, you know, the quintessential bare bulb hanging down there in the basement that it. lights up the basement, you know. And you, you make the descent down the stairs and you say, I'm going to go through those old letters from my X. I'm either going to pick up the guitar and face my fears or move on to the next thing and move it along. Or maybe it's time to deal with the fact that that, you know, coach in, in high school, whatever, molested me. Scorpio's Cut about the picture m- and burn it. Yeah. Making that descent. Well, that, that may be a good closing ritual. There's usually a mm-hmm. lot of work to get to before that. But yes. making that that descent down into the dark. And, and there's a. Um, an example that many of us have, we may not all have basements, but if not a basement, a junk drawer in your desk, you know, where you throw everything in the back, it works a couple different ways. Exactly. Storage, exactly, whether it's a garage. So true, because the, the PR of, which is really true, we have pain. And why do we have pain? Because if we don't acknowledge our... Well, it's experiences, but we've been, if there are areas of our life that we've been abandoned or Mm -hmm. betrayed, Mm -hmm. our trust has been broken, because when you have a relationship that it's built on those factors, and life isn't perfect, and sometimes people are just plain immature, or many love situations or friends or deep relationships, family, et cetera, as in life, can create a break Perhaps both people don't have the same idea of what that partnership meant. Yeah. So if we, unless we look at the values, which essentially you might say is part of the Taurus energy, but then again, right now, Venus. 
Taurus, Venus, second house, that group of connected symbols have a lot to do with value. Some some of that in the ninth house, too. But yeah. yeah. And it's in Scorpio right now, so it's right. so, L, I mean, and it's retrograding. And I know for people to explain that that is perceived from Earth as its motion around in its orbit, it appears to be going backwards. So we are really reassessing as an energy the idea of value. So because what I'm getting at is is bridging that that growth process of wanting to get out of the pain that like you're talking about going into our shadows. Yeah. That if someone has hurt or abandoned us or rejected or on a minor or major scale, as deep yeah. as it might be. Yeah. Could, could I loop mm-hmm. back to something you said before? So you, you, you were uh, very correctly saying that, you know, astrology symbols, they, they happen in groups of three. There's a planet, a sign and a house. And I often say it's not like they're triplets, but they're cousins. They've got a lot of the same DNA. One's a planet, one's a sign, one's a house, but they mean similar things. And and for today, we're talking about Scorpio, the eighth sign, but that is deeply related to the other symbols in astrology, the eighth house and the planet Pluto. Right. So uh, as people do imagine it this way, so, you know, how much of this kind of work, this uh, Scorpio slash Pluto slash eighth house work does a person have to do? Well, you know, in in anybody's birth chart, Everybody has the planet Pluto. It's almost like if we're going to the school of life, every, the, the, the whoever made the great curriculum of life says, you have to take one class. <laughs> everybody has to take one class in the Pluto 8th house Scorpio because everybody's got a Pluto. It's like when you went to high school and they say, you got to take one year of a foreign language. Even if your interest is in engineering or, or dance or whatever, you got to take one year of a foreign language. Okay, so everybody's got Pluto. Everybody's got, in other words, some core wound that they need to face. And the, the sign and the house that that Pluto is in will give you the nature of the wound. If it's the 10th house, it'll be a wound around your mission or career. If it's a fifth house, a wound around creativity. If it's the 12th house, a wound around spirituality, et cetera, et cetera. But regardless of the content of the wound, in doing one's own Pluto work, whatever that is in an individual's chart, they're going to learn something about the process of facing any wound. So there, there's the, the entry level. Everybody's got to do some Pluto work, and in facing that core wound, whatever the nature of the wound, the topic of the wound, they're going to learn something about the process of how does one face a wound. Now, everybody's got Pluto, and I, I don't make my part, uh, my uh, chart public. You and I talked about this, but I, I will let your listeners know. I've got Pluto is very prominent in my chart. I've got planets in the 8th house, and I've got several points in Scorpio, so this is kind of my wheelhouse in terms of my own personal chart. I'm familiar with this, not just as a professional astrologer. Practice but what you preach. Yeah, right? <laughs> as, as another soul who's on the journey. Uh, um, heal so, thyself, uh, the healer. Yeah, uh, physician, phys- heal thyself. You, yeah, yes. yeah. So, but, you know, if, if someone has an addition to Pluto, also has planets, say, in the eighth house or uh, in Scorpio, which is our jumping off point tonight, uh, it's as if whoever made the chart said, okay, you're not just taking this one class, you're going to minor like getting a minor in college or even major in Pluto Scorpio 8th house. You're, you're mm-hmm. going to take more than one class on this because everybody's got a Pluto, but you may have planets in Scorpio, planets in the 8th house. You've got part of what you came into this life to do is to really focus on this deep healing work. I'll give you an easy example. Right now as we speak at this moment, there are four planets in Scorpio up there in the sky right now, Venus, the Sun, Mercury, and Jupiter. So let's imagine, uh, as I, um, is it okay to say the time I'm looking at the board, at 622. Yep. At 622, if a baby is born in a hospital here in Bellevue this instant, and the chart I'm looking at now, that's their birth chart. 
they're going to have four planets in Scorpio. That means that this person coming in has a lot of Scorpio work to do. And that's going to be a big focus of their life. And the, the variety of what the wound they're facing is and where they have to make their descent, that varies depending on the planet with Mercury. It might be, you know, what is the, the shadow or the wounds in finding your voice with Jupiter, your, you know, the shadow things you have around optimism or faith or abundance and Venus, you know, around relationships. Uh, but to, to everyone has to do a Pluto class. Some people also have to do Scorpio classes. Some people also have to do eighth house classes. Some people have, like me, have to do all three um, so this collection of symbols together calls us to look seriously at those things that we'd rather not look at. I mean, that's kind of the definition of Scorpio material. You know, again, all those things that make us make animal noises, the things who wants to look at sexual abuse or insecurity or, you know, whatever our, our particular wound is to be able to summon the courage and the fortitude. And it takes a great deal of both. I, I admire my clients, whether we're doing astrology with them or not, my psychotherapy clients too, but those folks who, who make that deep descent down to face their wound and heal it. And we can talk a little bit more about what that looks right. like. And I'd be glad to, because I, I know particularly with your shamanic interest, I'm remembering for my own self a, a particular incident, experience, and when I began realizing that that experience with this particular person was reflected with everything in life. You know, I had tucked it yeah. away and thought, oh, you know, that was this one individual, very strongly um, situation. But then suddenly I began seeing that there was no escaping it, that yeah. I was, it was reflected because again, as above, as below, you might, mm -hmm. you know, in, in so many ways, and the universe wants us to heal and wants us to have our power. Yes. And we're, we're, we're separated from that part of ourself that we can't understand. So really, in the long run, I ended up thanking this person by myself and writing a long letter to yeah. this person. But it, it... It's like because of the pain they caused you, you had to do good work it, that made your I life stronger. I needed to recognize so many parts about my own self and about forgiveness. Yeah. You know, the for and the giving part, mm -hmm. the whole thing of, 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 of going through that. So uh, what I'm getting at is, is, yes, that sometimes there's no escaping. And if there is escaping, then we're shutting down more and more and more of our own power. Yeah. So it's really an issue of, of, and with guidance, it can help tremendously for those folks where there are so many counselors and yeah. therapy. Well, let's take an example that's really uh, appropriately and, and, and sorrowfully, but appropriately up in the news with the whole Me Too movement and the, the, the coming out in our culture of the prevalence. We know it's been there, but now it's coming out of sexual assault, sexual abuse, rape, all the things that, that women and, and many men, too, have endured over the years. So let, let's imagine a story, uh, a, a typical or not typical, a, a deep Scorpio healing story. Let's imagine there's a young girl who gets sexually abused by a sports coach. That was one of the famous stories that happened with the guy at, at the Gymnastics Association. Yes. So imagine someone gets abused and she's, you know, 12, 13, 15, 17, whatever it is when that happens. And that's a horrible thing to have happen to one. I've been so impressed with my clients who come in with this, the courage it takes for them to face it. That's horrible. Who wants to think about that? So what do we do sometimes? We tuck it away into the depths of our psyche. We put it down in the basement, to use my earlier mm -hmm. metaphor. 
And then, but it's still there. It's still operating. It's still uh, operating in our lives. And so then these people will often go out and say, well, I keep, you know, getting the same kind of guy who treats me badly or my boss is such a jerk to me. Why does this keep happening to me? And it's because sometimes, often, it's because there's some unacknowledged wound in you that's, and this is a mirror of that, of what happened to you when that coach did that to you. Exactly. And then, then it comes out and you say, wow, oh, my God, there's this horrible thing. I remember now, you know, what Uncle Bob did or the soccer coach or whoever it was. And it, it's a very difficult, traumatic time. And you get, you know, nightmares and post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms. But people who will have the courage to turn toward that and face it and work it whenever they're ready. And then they move through that. And then what you find on the other side is all the energy that was spent dealing with the dramas of not dealing with it. You know, the guy who broke your heart, the boss who's a jerk to you, all that energy now gets freed up. All that energy gets freed up for some higher purpose, to do some greater work, to make use of your gifts, uh, to to go out into the world. It's almost like if you only had so much money and you were spending $90 of it, if you had $100 and you were spending $90 of it all the time on one bill, and then suddenly that bill goes away and you've got 90 extra dollars, say, I can spend that money on something else. I can spend that psychological energy on something else. Yes. It's so it excellent point. I am going to give the phone number now again to our wonderful listeners. Please call us. We would love to talk to you about any question. And that's Dan Kusel and myself on Talk Cosmos. And that number is 425 373 5527, once more, 425, 373, 5527. Okay. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Scorpio, traditionally ruled by Mars, now ruled by Pluto. By departing a cycle based on comparison between extreme energies finding balance, Scorpio commits a relationship to exchange resources, experiencing power and powerlessness for the purpose of soul growth transformation. As a fixed water sign that is extreme, intense, and secretively deep, Scorpio's passionate nature questions the psychology and mystery concerning life and death. Celebrate your star energy blessings. Schedule a natal astrology chart consultation with Talk Cosmos host Sue Rose Minahan. You'll learn to better understand what personally fuels your soul's seed direction. Sue focuses on your questions to connect you into your unique heart's desire and your true soul path's birth essence. Just $125 for an hour and a half session about your life energies and significant current transits, including a recording and a copy of your chart. Schedule by emailing info at talkcosmos.com. That's info at talkcosmos.com. Hello, this is Sue Rose Minahan of Talk Cosmos. I want to encourage you to log on to 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com right now and fill out the 2018 KKNW Listener Survey. 
Your responses will help the station better tailor itself to your needs. As an added incentive, when you fill out the survey, you have a chance to win round-trip passage on the Victoria Clipper to Victoria, B.C., plus a $100 gift certificate to Schwartz Brothers Restaurants. So log on to 1150kknw.com for your chance to win. Thank you for all your past listenership and for helping us improve this station. Great prizes might be yours, but you must fill out the survey. One lucky person's name will be drawn on November 6th, so log on to 1150kknw right now and fill out the survey. Complete contest rules can be found at 1150kknw.com. So log on for all the details. Hi, this is June Rose Trimbach. I'm an astrologer and healer, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconscious. Hi again, Sue Rose Minahan with Dan Kusel here in Seattle, Washington. And someone called in with a question, and I will read it. When we go through a retrograde, does that does the same energy impact everyone, even though they're born in different houses? Both Dan and I will answer this in our own fashion, and I will say from just an introductory comment that a retrograde, of course, once again, is an elusive view from Earth where as it's going around a circle, as it backs around the circle, it looks like it's going in the opposite direction. But it impacts us, and and we'll get to the, how the, it might specifically change. What does remain the same is that a lot of the re-words, in other words, we review, we reassess, we reanalyze, well, I don't know if reanalyze is Revisit. a word. Revisit, there you go. And so... And again, it depends on the energy of that particular planet. We went through this summer a great many retrogrades, Mars in particular, which only happens every two years, and that's finished. But it lasts a long period of time, about a couple of months, and the whole cycle is like six months. And right now we're in a Venus time, and with Venus what will happen is that the planet will go from, I think, morning to evening star and be gone for a certain period of time. That's why the ancients would say it was descended. And there's Inanna, these wonderful mythological goddesses that have a lot of language to share. Now, as far as the houses, Dan. Okay. Yeah, so it's a great question, listener. I appreciate you you calling that in. So... uh, Right now, as Sue said, Venus goes retrograde. And just uh, a way that I like to explain what that is, is here we are on Earth, and each night we're looking up at the sky, and we're watching, for example, the planet Venus move through the constellation of Scorpio. And one day it's at, you know, zero degrees, and then it's at one degrees, two degrees, three degrees. And as it got a few degrees into Scorpio recently, it appears from time to time, and all the planets do this, like it slows down night to night, stops going forward, stops and goes backward from, you know, five degrees to four degrees to three degrees to two degrees. And, of course, the planet up there in the solar system isn't actually moving backward. It's sort of an optical illusion created by the fact that the Earth is also orbiting around the sun just like Venus is. 
Um, so again, I said earlier, if someone was born, uh, you know, just this evening and they would have Venus retrograde in their chart, um, Sued covered really well, I think, the idea that um, there would be some commonality uh, of the retrograde experience of Venus, regardless of what house it's in. But here we get into the the beauty and the precision of astrology is uh, any retrograde planet, it's in a sign and it's in a house, and that gives you what it's unique about it for you. So you might have Venus and Scorpio in the sixth house. You might have Venus and Scorpio in the 11th house. You might have Venus and Scorpio in the third house. That's going to retrograde in all of those instances. The, the retrograde part, the review, the revisit, the relook, the reinterpret. Uh, also, I think a good uh, thing with retrograde is sometimes the function of that planet goes a bit inward. Um, it's done internally rather than externally. But the, but the sign and particularly the house, I'm, I'm big into houses. The houses are the, the, the playing field of life. They're the categories of life. Um, so, you know, relationships, spirituality, creativity, sex, philosophy, um, assertiveness, money, confidence. Th- these are what the houses represent. And those are, you know, you don't have to know any astrology to hear those Different English houses, words. Right, yeah, to hear those English sale. words and say, oh, I know spirituality, creativity. That makes, makes a lot of sense. So, so, listener, the short answer is there is some of the impact that is the same for everyone. And then there's the part of the impact that would be unique um, either to where it was when you were born or just right now if we're talking about, for example, as Venus moves you know, retrograde through Scorpio, that falls somewhere in your chart. Where it is in your chart would be might be different and how it affects you might be different than where it is in somebody else's chart. So if you, you knew your chart that week could go a little deeper there or a good astrologer working with you could go a little deeper. Yes, and I'll pick up just a little further, and that is is that the house is such... As we've been working with this program, Talk Cosmos, part of the archetypes, so that they have areas that of focus that they relate to in this developmental pattern that e- evolves into our growth you know, as, our, as our self through the six houses below and then the six houses above. Like right now, according to Bellevue, which... The studio is located, which mm-hmm. is right outside Seattle. Venus, when we started this program, was in the sixth house, like Dan was mentioning, just you know, as one house. But it, that is the house of detail and service, and you might say the archetype of analyzing, because one is working for a perfection. One takes nature and 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 not tames it, but interferes with it, you might say, to mm. fix it and, you know, make it work. So here we are trying to analyze with you about Venus, which I think is quite appropriate. Uh, you know, so if I can, I, there's a, uh, an analogy, and I love this, it's particularly appropriate this time of year. I'm a big baseball fan. All my clients have suffered through my baseball analogies <laughs> for your, I it's apologize for that. But, you know, the World Series is going on yep. right now. So here's a baseball analogy for looking at a chart. Every chart has in it all the signs, and all the houses. That's just like saying every baseball field has a pitcher's mound and an outfield. What makes, and nine players. Yeah, what makes the chart come alive. In baseball, there's nine players. In the chart, there's the ten classical planets and you know, get into asteroids and lots of other points. What makes the, the baseball field come alive or what makes your chart come alive is where are the players, where are the planets? The planets are the activators of the energy that's there in the signs and the houses. So if you look at your chart... 
the, 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 the fundamental point is where the planets are, that's where your lessons are. That's, that's the classes that you're, that you're taking in the school of life. So whatever house you have planets in, whatever houses you have planets in, whatever signs you have planets in, that's where the action is. That's where the learning is. And so in any birth chart, for an individual, you can look at where all the different you know houses are. Here's a funny example, though. You have to be a little careful of this. <clears throat> and since we're talking about Scorpio in the eighth house, I get clients all the time who come in and say, well, I don't, I don't have any planets in that house. What does mm. that mean? Uh, and in, in the way people are born, there's often houses that don't have any planets in it. Well, the eighth house that we're talking about tonight, along with Scorpio, among other things, the house of sexuality. And they say, well, what does it mean that I don't have any planets in the eighth house? And I say, jokingly, I say, oh, that means you don't get to have sex in this lifetime. <laughs> and first they look at me kind of stunned, and then we burst out laughing, and I say, yeah, that's from my book, How to Get Fired as an Astrologer in Five Seconds or Less. And that, that's not accurate. It just means that may not be the focus of where your learning is. And then I might say, but, you know, you don't have any planets in the eighth house, but look, you've got, you know, two planets in Scorpio, and that's kind of the same thing. So actually what I just said is true. You're off the hook. You do get to have sex. And, and you know, we're being yes, playful yes. with that. And that so, is part of the scorpion, very much the archetype. It's important. It's that fertility, it's that regeneration, it's that connection between forces. Well, and, and the transformation that comes when we get into, uh, into, go into our sexuality. Carl Jung had another quote that I love, um, and he said, uh, marriage is the crucible of individuation, meaning intimacy is the cooking pot of self. You get in it with somebody else, and it's going to bring your stuff up to the surface. Jung, you know, the alchemists were those folks that tried to turn lead into it. gold. And they'd get a big crucible and put the base metal in it. And all the it would start bubbling. And all the, the dross, the impurities in the metal would bubble up to the surface. Same thing happens when we get in a relationship. If you're dating someone for longer than about two weeks, it stops being cute. And you start annoying each other. And you say, oh, there's my stuff. There's their stuff. Looks like we have another caller. Is that right? Oh, okay. Yeah. What is, can, you want to do this? You want me to? Oh, I see. What it's, What is the best way for a Scorpio to help navigate the Scorpio energies, especially if they have a lot of Scorpio in their chart? Well, this is very good, and thank you. I'm not sure who. Oh, Alex might might be. Oh, is he? Is he wanting to ask it on the air? She. Oh, oh I'm she. sorry. Hi, Alex. Oh, hi. Okay. Hi, I'm here. If you would like to talk about it together, but I thought it would be easy to hear either one. Okay. Okay. And did you? You're talking generally without us looking at the chart, just talking. Well, this lends me to ask Dan, because I know that, Dan, you have studied shamanic, which I very am in, in tune with myself. And perhaps would you think that perhaps this could be an important Yeah, I, I think there could be, Alex, I think there could be a lot of ways to work with to work with deep, intense Scorpio energies. I'm a Jungian psychotherapist. I love that. I'm biased at that. But God, <clears throat> excuse me, God, God is forbid that therapy is the only way we can do our work. Let, let me give you an example from a friend of mine 30, 35 years ago. Um, she remembered that she had been, came to remember that she had been sexually abused by her brother. It threw her for a loop. She got fired by three therapists because she kept canceling appointments because she was ambivalent about doing the work. And the way that she dealt with it is she took up rock climbing. And she went out and she learned how to do rock climbing. She went from being an absolute beginner to being one of the best climbers in her state. And she said, that was, that was my therapy. And I said, what do you mean? She said, something for me about anchoring to the rock and feeling the strength. I don't know if you've ever seen rock climbers, but their hands are incredibly strong. 
So, you know, you could do it by therapy. You could do it by rock climbing. You could do it by shamanic work. There's lots of different ways to get at it. Let's honor them all. Um, it's it's going to be intense. That's the nature of Scorpio. And if, for people, it sounds like you yourself has a lot of Scorpio energies in a chart. Do that. And let's remember one other piece. You, you can't be all Scorpio all the time. I'm sorry, what was that? I was just going to mention it isn't my chart. Oh, it's not your it's chart. Not. Okay. Oh, okay. You're just a general, that's fine, just a general question. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things about Scorpio, and I, I said I have a lot of Scorpio and 8th house and Pluto in my chart, and I have been said by, told by friends and loved ones, I can be a little bit intense at times. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, to be able to laugh, to be able to find some joy wow. in life, to be able to not take oneself quite so seriously all the time, that's a good counterpoint, a good balance to, to helping when you do need to do that deep dive into Scorpio work. And I think, too, I have Mars in my eighth house, so I think I, when I have been learning about astrology, recognize it, it and it's very functional in my plant chart in a, in a stressful way and in a very necessary way, because I have a, a square to it, and I have, it also rules my north node, you know, it's, it's, it's very prominent, I yeah. Had Al- to work with it. I'm oh, hmm? sorry, Alex. Okay. Is is there is that helpful? Is there more you'd like to ask about that? Um, no, this is very helpful. I um, I'm I'm just sort of gleaning a little bit. I've been there's a really really interesting talk all hour. I happen to be stuck in a lot of traffic, so this is oh, perfect. <laughs> process. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is really helpful. I I guess just kind of I'm I'm understanding sort of the the. The navigational tools. I'm familiar with um, Stephen Forrest's work that you had mentioned, and um, but you know, like like anybody, it's just something to kind of dive into, and it's it's not um, always that easy, especially at this time of year. So I really appreciate the feedback, and you know, even just honoring this particular whole like set of planetary aspects right yeah. now because it's it's very difficult, and um, not well, not difficult, but for some people it is. And, um, I think that it's just good to know how, how to, you know, what, what, how to, how to be in someone's presence when they're like that or uh, well, whatever. So thank you. Okay. You know, Alex, I was going to say for, for people who have a lot of Scorpio in their chart, we mentioned that right now there's four planets in Scorpio and as those mm-hmm. planets, especially slower moving ones like Jupiter, um, they're going to they're going to touch things in conjunct as the astrological language means means be in the same part of the chart as they're going to touch yeah. the Scorpio planets in in your chart or or the not your chart outs but the charts of people who have a lot in Scorpio, and you know on the one hand it's like oh great it's Scorpio season that's a lot of fun the other hand here's the deeper meaning there's an opportunity here when well, something triggers something in your chart it's an opportunity to and, do the work and I think it's really important I was bringing it up about the Mars just to give a little quality of of my own focus here, but the fact is, is that life has its limitations, and I don't mean limits like uh, just uh, we got to stop at the red light. But the fact is that there's limitations to our power. We suddenly, it may seem suddenly, l- lose our ability to have that impact in life, and it's because there's something. And that's, in a sense, the season we're in uh, because Scorpio wants life. It wants the most 
bang for its 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 existence. It wants to really have that passion. It wants to have that life force going on. And so if a person has a lot of Scorpio, it may be that somehow in their viewpoint, there's something not functioning. There's something that isn't just really well, giving them back life. Yeah, they, they came into this life to look at those things. Look, yeah. There's a lot of Scorpio. And so if they're going through a lot of intensity, because you're asking I kind of generally, so we're not really focused on you, but if you're living with somebody, you might recognize that they're going through psychoanalyzing, I mean, their own self, they're, uh, they're maybe doing shamanic rituals and things, and yeah. I'll let Dan finish it, and then we'll hang up because we're going to. Yeah, Alex, you still there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's one thing you mentioned. You were sitting in traffic. And I got to say, what a great proving ground for having uh, not, not that this isn't your chart, but having Scorpio stuff evoked, because, boy, doesn't stuck in traffic cause us all to have to look at our anger, our frustration, our power tripping or, oh, my God, that person doesn't drive as well yes. as I do. That You know, there's certain situations in life that will evoke in us the need to do that deep work. Intimate relationships are one. Work is another one. Traffic's a pretty good one, too. That's a pretty good uh, classroom for coming to terms with some of our darker yeah. sides. So, well, so, yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, thank yeah. you. It's been a very good lesson. Yes, thank okay. you. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for calling. Yep. And, oh, and if you... Just to remind people, Dan's name, if one's interested in contacting Dan, go to Talk Cosmos. We have all our guests there, and his particular uh, website is his name, and you spell his last name K-E-U-S-A-L. So it's Dan, Dan Cusel, D-A-N-K-E-U-S-A-L dot com. And if I could, too, I've got a mailing list. If people want to hear about classes or workshops I'm teaching, there's a sign-up form yes. on the website so we can so do that. So go to Talk Cosmos, and we'll – and thank you. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. So uh, how much more? we got a oh, few yeah, more minutes? Oh, yeah. No, we do. We do. We just yeah. – we. I'm so glad, and we thank your callers very much. We just love talking with you. you. Know, that's the great thing, whether it's callers or clients, is you know we can study astrology, we can read our books, we can go to conferences and listen to lectures, and there's nothing quite as humbling or as rewarding as sitting down with another human being with their chart in front of you. And they're, they're trying to grow, they're trying to heal, they've got questions. And to be able to translate all the astro jargon into an image or a story or something that makes it come alive for the client. Yeah. That's a, it's a great privilege and a, a great challenge, first of all, and a great privilege to be able to do that with people. I love the word grow. That is so yeah. Scorpion. Scorpio has this hunger for more, to grow, to be. It's Scorpio has two speeds. Full speed ahead and off, and off doesn't count. Yeah, that's it. That's the powerlessness. We don't want, one doesn't want that. And the other thing I was, when you mentioned about the other people and this question that was about the houses it, earlier, it really gets into the idea that we create from our own consciousness or subconsciousness our terrain, our patch of 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 the of 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 the stars that the energy that we imprinted from birth like a little plot of uh, or a house we can design however we want that interior and so it's mm. wonderful yes to talk to the other person what to find out hey what did they do images and stories things that make it come up make the the astrological jargon the astrological terminology to make it 
come alive so that it resonates with people's lived experience. That that's that's what the art of being a practicing astrologer or a counseling astrologer. That's what that's about. Is how do I take all this vast arcane knowledge that I have, and and my my readings are about two hours, two hours and fifteen minutes long. They go a little longer than most. How do I bring all ten planets alive and the signs and the houses they're in in about two hours and someone in a way that they can go home and say, I've got something that will energize me, that will inform me, that will guide me as I'm trying to address problems, as I'm trying to grow. That phrase I used way back at the beginning of the program, Sue, a birth chart is the next steps in our healing and in our growth. First the healing, then the growth. When Once we've healed, then what do we do? We grow. <laughs> Indeed. And yes, I want to ask well, there were quite a few thoughts there, but, but yeah. that was succinct in itself. A few minutes here about shamanic energy, which I, you know, it's a term increasingly used wonderfully because it it elicits ancient energy and knowledge. Yeah. With uh, and 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 brings it home not just for the few but the many. Here's a great tie, if I if I could, Sue. I remember I opened the program with that quote from Carl Jung, who said, "One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious." I hope I'm remembering this next fact right. The word shaman is actually a Tlingit Indian word that means, I think, one who sees in the dark. So, folks who do shamanic practices, I, I'm not a practitioner of this. I studied it; it, it informs my work. But there are other people that's their gift and their calling. But a shaman is one who essentially goes into that dark, who does a shamanic journey with their own, you know, power animals and guides and and tries to go to the spirit world to get information and help on behalf of the client. But that idea of one who sees in the dark, there's going into the darkness, down into the basement, down into the psyche, down into the the realms where where a shaman will do their shamanic journeys. There's that thread that runs through all of those. Yes. And I think, too, it has a lot to do with realizing that there are actions that we can do to enhance the reality in our brains. Okay. Yeah. That and not just our brains but our hearts are that are the the the, the unseen parts of ourselves that through rituals that aren't yeah. necessarily in themselves absolutely have to be but there's that choice about you know even seeing the stones that it, one might see that are stacked on top yeah, of each the cairns, other yeah the yeah yeah for balance to realize that or for instance the the visual boards that people do yeah you know, so I'm thinking as as we get toward uh, toward ending, we're a minute or two away. Yeah, you, yeah. you you had a um, you've talked a lot of different things about the the intention and the light and how do we? That's the, one of the dangers of Scorpio is we get so focused on the dark and so focused on the woundedness that we forget. And this is the point. We forget the point is to heal that so that we come more alive, so that we reclaim our passion. One of my favorite quotes, and it's on the the astrology page on my website. It's right there up there at the top. And it's on the back of my, my astrology business cards, too, from the novelist Ursula Le Guin. Mm. She wrote the Earthsea trilogy. This was after J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, but long before Harry Potter. And one line from there is my favorite. She says, all are syllables of the great word that is very slowly spoken by the shining of the stars. All are syllables of the great word that is very slowly spoken by the shining of the stars. What if each of us thought of ourselves 
as a syllable of the great word, as our part in the great truths, the great motions, the great energies of the universe. All are syllables of the great word that is very slowly spoken by the shining of the stars, including those stars in Scorpio. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. The word actually has great presence, of course, and I'm reminded, too, of Kabbalah that has the letters and Mm -hmm. words and the energy and distinction of, and I'm thinking of the sound and vibration of the universe itself. I mean, you just spawn all these thoughts. Oh, my goodness. Stephen Forrest's book, The Night Speak, does a great job. He looks at color. He looks at sound. He looks at that presence of the number 12 in all these different realms of life and how astrology is just an echo of the natural world in that way. It's one of his lesser known books, and he just republished it, but it's brilliant. It's a great. What's the name again? The Night Speaks. Oh, the and night he looks speaks. at the, the 12 tones in music. The, I, I forget the parts of the color wheel, uh, things in sound. He, he goes through a lot of that, and there's, there's these resonances in different parts yeah. of life. Astrology is actually, many astrologers are picking up on this. And science, too, with quantum physics. I mean, people come to mind, David Cochran, who's, I think, here in Seattle. It's C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E. There's Rick Levine, who is in Redmond uh, once a month. There's Gemini Brett that just left Seattle, is living down in the Bay Area now. There's just, oh my gosh, Russ, uh, Russell Olenhauser. Hmm. There's so many people that are talking again and again of, of just what you're saying, which it really ex- gives new life. We're infusing. So here we are. We are not quite ending, but I did want to just mention for next week, Susie Kerr Wright from Tennessee, will be joining me. She's an astrologer, a psychic medium, a Reiki master, and a life coach. So that'll be quite exciting. And her title will be Unveiling Death's Mask. And to remind you, tonight we've been talking to Dan Kussel, that's K-E-U-S-A-L, and that's exactly the name of his website. And we're talking about... Scorpio and Pluto and everything else. And we have about, oh, a minute or two. I know you wanted to end with a quote and some thoughts. Well, the, the, the Le Guin quote was the one. That was oh, the one goody. I was we thinking of. Oh, goody, we got it in. Yeah, okay. Got, we got that so in. So now and, we're... And yeah, and, and just to uh, yeah to be able to say to people, if you've got a lot of Scorpio in your chart, if you're dealing with Scorpio energy and it feels hard, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It is hard. That, that's yeah. the nature of Scorpio. Uh, that you know, we can. Uh, an old uh, therapy teacher of mine used to say, "You can reframe the confusion as information." If it feels hard and you're spun around by it, uh, you don't want to be too spun around. You want to be conscious to it, but it is hard. And if it feels hard, it probably means you're right on the money. You're you're doing what you need to be doing, just to have it be that that conscious work rather than getting dragged around. That bumper sticker I quoted at the top. You know, the fates lead those who will; those who won't, they drag. Be led, be conscious, participate in the process rather than having circumstances or fate drag you around. That's wonderfully put because choice is our choice. We have that, just the desire, the the will, the, the, the emotional stepping out, maybe lighting a candle and just being grateful to have a choice to contemplate. But it isn't contemplation. It's emotional. So I'm not trying to make light of anything. But that hunger 
There is success. <laughs> Metamorphosis. There we go. <laughs> thank you, Dan. <laughs> oh, Sue, thank you so much. It's been a joy. I appreciate the chance to be here. I'm very glad. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.